Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to episode 7 of Leafs Talk Forever. Uh, game 1 in the books, a dominating win by the Leafs. Before we get into the uh, uh, game recap, these are going to be I don't know, 25 to 30 minutes long, every playoff game. Uh, we want to thank you for 100 downloads in 5 hours. Um, at 3.11, 3.12-ish, we, um, well, I, I dawned on me that I forgot to share podcasts on many platforms, so... When we did that, we skyrocketed our downloads, so thank you. Also, I saw Latvia um, is a new in the uh, uh, Latvia, and I forget what other country, but I'll look, and uh, we'll send it over to Scott for jersey numbers here. Um, yeah, plan for the pod, half an hour podcast, uh, game reviews, and uh, Kyle will hit us with the hometown scoreboard after the ad break. Uh, so, Scott, you want to start us off with jersey numbers here? Uh, sure, yeah. So this week we are doing, or this episode, we are doing jersey number seven. And for me, I have uh, Gary Roberts. Uh, early 2000s with the Leafs was a key piece to them making playoffs, having deep playoff runs. Physical player, could score, could pass, kind of all around, power forward. Uh, was one of my favorite Leafs on those teams at the time. And uh, yeah, my favorite number seven. Yeah, and my, my number seven that I picked was Derek King. He played with the Leafs between 1997 and 1999. In 161 games played, he had 45 goals, 53 assists, um, 98 points total, and 65 penalty minutes. He played two seasons with the Leafs before he got traded to the Blues in the 1999-2000 season. Uh, interestingly enough, Derek King is the head coach of the, or was the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, and Gary Roberts was the famous guy behind Connor McDavid's uh, leg being recovered in what six months or something. Um, my favorite number seven is Ian White, uh, but he had a booming slap shot, um, a good defenseman, um, like uh, gritty block shots. Unfortunately, near the end of his career, had an injury and. And substance abuse was an issue. So, Ian, glad to see you sign with the hockey team. Unfortunately, uh, substance abuse is real, and that's something that the NHL needs to work on. Um, and now Scott's got us with the classes then, here. We got a few. 
Yeah, so for classics, we have three all-time. I know usually they're all-time greats, but I think these three are, are higher up on the, the rankings of greatest Leafs of all time. And Tim Horton, famous, one of the greatest defensemen who ever played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, namesake of Tim Hortons. Uh, Lanny McDonald's and Max Benley. Uh, Max Benley is a bit more obscure, I guess. He was an earlier 30s Leaf, but equally... Uh, contributed to them, and I'd say what well, should be higher up uh, amongst the names listed with like Lanny McDonald and tomorrow. And then Lanny McDonald needs no explanation. He's not only a famous Leaf, he's a famous Calgary Flame hockey player. So I, that's why I didn't really go into him. But yeah, so those are our three classics this week or this episode. And he's involved on the committee for the Hockey Hall of Fame. We're selecting the, the players who get Manny McDonald. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just before hey. we go into uh, the game review, uh, the other country was Portugal. So welcome Portugal, welcome Latvia. Glad to have you on board. Keep subscribing, keep downloading. Um, like I said before, it's going to be a short podcast, so waste no time, uh, guys. What's your uh, takeaway from that? Uh, I mean, game one domination. That's how Scott described it. So let's get your guys' opinion on that. Yeah, I think it was a. Uh, I think it was a perfect game, in my opinion, for the Leafs. Um, overall, they played a tough game, gritty game. They were scoring. They made Vasilevsky look like he wasn't a Vesna goalie tonight. Um, and really, you're facing one of the, one of the best goalies in the league, if not the best goalie in the league, and. Um, yeah, they, they just made him not look very, very good in that. And everyone was saying, oh, yeah, Vasilevsky is going to be the difference maker uh, in these games. And clearly you could tell tonight he wasn't. His team didn't play the best in front of him, of course, and didn't give him any goal support. But um, some of the goals that the Leafs scored of him, like the Marner goal, he just had no chance on it. Um, and yeah, the, the physicality towards the end of the game um, was kind of what I expected in the first game. Maybe a little bit extra, but um, yeah. And and don't even don't even get me started on the Kyle Clifford hit because I'm not uh, not a big fan of what was given. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the much similar thinking as Kyle with, I thought the Leafs played exceptionally well, um, especially going in where there was so much, uh, I wouldn't say hype, but I guess anti-hype against them where they were going to choke, much like past years. Tampa was going to win in four, Tampa was going to win in five. And then they came out and proved that they are one of the best teams in the league. Obviously Tampa is too, but I mean, Tampa's back-to-back cup champs, so they don't really have much to prove. Toronto, on the other hand, needed this win, needed to, to be dominant. And from start to fin- maybe not finish, but third period at least, early third period, they kind of controlled play. There was a bit in the second, the, um, the Labushkin penalty there where Tampa kind of took control, but it didn't last long. Toronto took it back. Uh, yeah, physicality, scoring. You had power plays, penalty kill, a penalty kill goal, a shorthanded goal. Line brawl, which unfortunately on the Canadian broadcast was not shown because they went to commercial break. Uh, yeah, it was all around a great playoff game that Toronto 
needed to win to prove that they deserve the the attention and the the spot within the top teams in the league. Um, I uh, I think it's interesting that Craig Simpson on the broadcast, the Canadian broadcast, said um, that Tampa Bay scored or played in twenty five playoff games, whatever last year, whatever this, whatever the point you were trying to make was, like instantly making excuses when they went down four four nothing to Toronto. I couldn't just be that Toronto, like I don't, I don't play them in every asset of the game, and I would go as far as physicality as well. Um, as Scott mentioned, the line brawl was. Was cut off, but it was a you super smart was play. Uh, I said, as Scott mentioned, the line brawl was um, cut off by the broadcast or by a commercial. But super smart play by Wayne Simmons to uh, to hit, hit uh, Yan Ruda and then just draw the penalty from Corey Perry. I thought that was uh, that's something you don't see every day, especially from a player like him. Um, I uh, I did realize something. And I said to Scott, um, Kyle, I don't know if you noticed, but for a while there, the refs were only giving players from Ru- like, that were Russian descent penalties. McKayev got two weak penalties. Sergeyev maybe only deserved one of those penalties. And um, who was the other guy? Oh, Kucherov, which I mean, he kind of did deserve that penalty. Um, I just think that's interesting and that there was like a stretch of, of who? Labushkin as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't too happy. Um, yeah, but it just seemed like it just seemed like kind of weird to me with all that was going on. And this might be a conspiracy theory, and maybe I'm wrong, but it just seemed like with whatever is going on in the world with Russia and Belgium, Russian or Belgian, Russian, whatever athletes and all this other stuff, like, um, and then like eight or seven penalties in a row were just Russian players. And like Makayev's, I, I, the one he had his arm up in the air, I don't see how that was a holding call, but I mean. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of it because people will just call us Almers that think that the Russ were conspiring with Tampa and blah, blah, blah. We've heard all before. Um, but what was your guys' opinion, like after watching the line brawl back on the Canadian broadcast? What was your guys' opinion on the matter? Like, it seemed that Toronto held their own. Yeah, they, they definitely did, Spencer. And um, my biggest concern in that situation was Morgan Riley, obviously. You guys saw um, they were zoomed down on him in the penalty box, and he was looking at his knuckles. And uh, his uh, right hand, I believe, was uh, pretty banged up, obviously, from uh, what he had done to Jan, Jan Ruta there. Um, he held his, held his own, and you'd never really seen that side of uh, side of Riley where he just dominates a uh, – because you don't, you don't ever see him, him fight to begin with, so uh, – that was pretty impressive, and uh, seeing seeing everyone in on that, it's uh, it really shows how they uh, they're there for each other. Yeah, also Riley getting kind of mauled there by Maroon while the brawl was happening. He kind of like ducked his head a bit, but Maroon just kept feeding him with with some good punches. So that was kind of a cause for concern because he is our best defenseman. Yeah, I thought it was. We mentioned previous episodes like. Tron needs to stand up for themselves. You can't always rely on Simmons or Clifford to do it for you. We brought up like Engvall being a bit more physical, McCann being a bit more physical, and tonight it kind of just boiled over where they had enough, and they showed that they are a physical team when needed. They can hold their own against other teams, whether hitting or fighting in this case. 
and yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I I don't know. Obviously, fighting has been declining in the game in recent years, but I even the fans in the stands were all over it. So I don't know why people would have a problem with it if it's a one-off thing. I mean, if it happened every play, that would probably be a bit annoying because you want to actually watch the game. But if it's a one-off every couple games, I'm all for that. Especially if Toronto comes out on the other side. Um, Kyle mentioned the Kyle Clifford thing. Obviously, there will probably be some kind of fine or suspension. But if there's only fines or a one-game suspension for Maroon or Perry or whomever, I don't, I don't see Simmons getting one, but you never know with how the NHL kind of works. But um, I don't think that's going to change much in the series. I think that's still going to be physical. Um, I think that it was kind of physical from the beginning when Sheldon Keefe said he expects his what, expected what? What do you say? Something about uh, borderline violence yeah. like in the series? Like, obviously, people saw kind of this thing happening. I didn't see a line brawl happening, but I, I did call or did text you guys and say like, I mean, it's kind of an obvious predicament or prediction based on what Tampa has been like. But I said like, if Tampa's losing like bad in the third, then they'll come out dirty. And then Kyle said they already have, I looked up from this, looked up from my phone and yeah, they were uh, trying to scrum it up. And, and I personally think Toronto came out on top and a few scrums like the Ingball one, he was like, like gritting his teeth together, trying to pull that uh, Hagel, and then Hagel started chirping Simmons. I feel like that's the wrong guy to chirp on Toronto. Yeah, he was uh, only doing that because he had a uh, he had a ref in between. If he did, if Hagel didn't have that ref in between, he wouldn't be doing nothing. Yeah, I agree. And then Nick Paul tried to rough it up a few times. Like he's a big guy, but yeah, uh, no, he was pretty physical this game. I didn't I didn't think he was like that. I always thought of him as like a solid scoring power forward, but uh, it was more of like a, I guess, combination power forward grinder this game. Which I guess is the role that he's taken on Tampa. Yeah, uh, for sure. And the other thing I noticed, and actually I 100% didn't notice it, Scott kind of pointed out, but at the end of the game, they're trying to go after McKayev. And then Tampa was like skating with Toronto while they were going back to celebrate. Like, the game's yeah. over, man. I understand that you, you're mad, you're frustrated, whatever, but like, what do you guys think in that in that situation? Do you think it's just ridiculous that like they're basically being horse boards, and or well, do you think it's good for the it's good for the series, especially from a team that's been there two years running? Like they know what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. They've, like I just said, they've done it two years in a row. So I think that maybe it's a mix of them expecting to three-peat and Toronto kind of getting in the way of that, and then the physicality. Uh, cheapiness of the game, but yeah, I thought it was kind of pathetic that they would not even just going after Mikhail, but they kind of followed them back, chirping them as the Leafs went back to celebrate. It doesn't really show that you're, um, I mean, for lack of a better term, mature enough in that moment to kind of just shrug it off and move on to the next game where it could be a completely different result. Yeah, and just to add to your point, um, uh, I think one one of the players that I'd, I'd seen still hitting full out um, with like 30 seconds left. And I think he went after Muzzin at the end was um, Colton, Ross Colton. I think his first name's Ross. Um, yeah. He, yeah Ross Colton. he was still going after them. And that was when the ref got in the way. And to add to your point, Scott, um, yeah, he's, he's won, won the cup with them for the past 
two years and he's going around doing this, being a sore, sore loser because he lost. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, super unnecessary. And you get to a certain point where you kind of know, like, okay, five minutes left in the third. Yeah, you still want to play the game, but there's like 30 seconds left. You're going after another player when the result of the game is basically over. Just make it look and seem as though you're trying. You don't have to go around stirring stuff up still. But, I mean, in the moment, I guess emotions were getting to them, and that's how they want to play. That's that's how they want to play. There's a lot more time to play. So. Yeah, and, and two points here before we get to the, uh, the commercial break here. Um, going back to your point with there's a lot to play, Steve Zamkos did say in his post-game interview that it's going to be a long series. I think he's deflecting the fact that he he may know that if Toronto plays like this the whole series, I don't think that Tampa can beat them. And the other thing that I thought was a little interesting about Ross Colton was like, that guy was plastered to the ice, like basically getting helped up by a, uh, a trainer after the Clifford hit. And then he's back on the next shift, chirping, getting in people's faces, thinking that he's like, the best play on the ice. Kind of reminds me of the Montreal-Ottawa thing with uh, Gallagher and Stutzla. I'm not going to say the words that he called them, but there were some, some big words thrown around, some mean words, because the guy basically faked an injury. Um, I just think those those situations, like when players are like that, it, it's kind of funny. Like, you got the penalty, and, and instantly you're, you're back up and fine. Um, that yeah, so seems we'll, to happen... That that seems to happen more nowadays. Like, not no offense to players nowadays, but there seems to be more players. And there, I guess there was players in the past who did it too. But it seems that there's more players nowadays who who know that if you if you get hit like that, which dirty or not, I'm I don't think we're going to argue anything about that. But in that situation where you feel them hit you, you can kind of argue it was from behind. They know that if they lay there on the ice, then the ref's going to get a penalty going. And then up and about three seconds later after the penalty's called. So it seems like there's more and more players who are are known to do that in today's NHL than there has been in the past. Yeah, except Ovechkin. He tried it and then screamed at the ref, no penalty. Yeah. Oh, is he back yet? Or? I, I don't know. I'm, I would imagine he'd be back tomorrow for the Florida game. Um, so we're going to get a word from our sponsors in here. Uh, and then we're going to shoot right over to Kyle after the break. Uh, and he's going to hit us with the out-of-town scoreboard because there is a couple games, I believe, still going on. So uh, stay tuned. And now a quick word from our show sponsors and friends of Inside the Rink. BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lineups for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with a proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Uh, with with the playoffs going on, you, you definitely want to bet. Um, use the uh, use the uh, promo codes that were just mentioned and, and get a hundred twenty five percent sign up bonus to bet and, 
and try to make a little bit of extra money. Uh, one thing I wanted to add before we go to call for the downtown scoreboard is, do you think tomorrow when we all wake up, uh, in Ontario at least, you'll see a post on Facebook and Twitter saying, like, zero zero days since Toronto beat Tampa 6 nothing because when Tampa beat Toronto 8-1 in a meaningless, meaningless hockey, hockey game for the Leafs, everyone was like, zero days, one day since Toronto got beat 8-1 or 8-2 or whatever it was. Or do you think that if the Leafs do that, they'll be considered petty, or at least fans? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. If it is, it's just to mock the, the Twitter profiles that do do that. But I don't see it being at all on Twitter that. or Facebook. Or, yeah, it'll just be Lee's fan yeah. saying, yeah, Lee's fan saying, like, we won kind of in dominating fashion, and then other fan bases saying, like, it's only game one, there's still potentially six more games, or the usual go-to insults of 1967, 20 years, whatever, whatever. I'd agree. Um, I don't think they're going to go out and do that, or at least I hope not. It's just first game bragging rights. Yeah, you won the first game, but yeah, there's could potentially be seven games in a series. So um, don't to kind of like don't open your mouth and talk the talk when there's still a lot of time left and you never know what could happen. Uh, Kyle, I want to carry this right through to the Anton scoreboard. I saw a tweet that uh, something happened with McDavid, so I don't know if he scored or not. Um, sure, yeah. So uh, I'll just highlight the uh, the game that's already ended. Started before the Toronto game, actually. 5-1 Carolina over Boston. That was a big uh, big result there. Um, Carolina was, was a little bit of a favorite, um, slight favorite, but uh, without Freddie, obviously, um, that, that was big. Um, Antiranta, 35 out of 36 saves. Seth Jarvis, one goal, one assist. 5-1 game at home for Carolina. That's that's crazy to start game one. Um, if they can continue, if Antiranta can continue that um, type of gameplay until uh, Freddie comes back, then that'll be, it'll be amazing for the Hurricanes. Um, moving on, the Blues are currently up 2-0 over the Wild with Five minutes left in the second period. Uh, we have David Perron with one goal and one assist, as well as Ryan O'Reilly. So you also have Billy Huso with a 24-save shutout as of right now. There's still lots of time, but uh, looks like he's having a pretty solid game. And L.A. is currently up 2-1 to one over Edmonton at the end of the first. Um McDavid did get his first, uh, did get the first goal for Edmonton, and Trevor Moore is the highlighted player for the Kings with one goal and one assist. Of course, the former Leaf Trevor Moore we are talking about. Uh, just ahead on the docket tomorrow, you got you got a couple more games. I don't know if you want to touch on them, Kyle. Just talk about uh, who's playing. Yeah. Um, so, to, so to start off the night tomorrow at seven o'clock, you've got Pittsburgh at Rangers. I know, um, I know Scott's going to be looking forward to that series, and I'm sure he'll be watching that one. That's uh, probably the best game going on tomorrow night, and that that's what's going to get you started off. Um, you got Washington at Florida at seven thirty. 
you've got Nashville at Colorado at 9.30, and then Dallas at Calgary at 10. I will definitely be watching that one. Um, as a Canadian team, um, Calgary would be one of the teams that I would be backing up, uh, along with the Leafs, of course, but uh, being being Canadian team, that would be the other team that I would be voting for in the West. I agree. Not huge Rangers fan. Um, and and for those who are are uh, in America and Canada, it seems that the games are going to be going in a seven seven thirty or nine thirty nine o'clock style or nine and nine thirty style, just so that it appears that the first period will be over by the time the second uh, game starts, which is kind of cool. Um, you watch a little bit of hockey before you watch the Leafs. More hockey after, um, yeah, and, and then last last week we did our uh, playoff bracket, and at that point, uh, Nashville was up four nothing on Arizona. Arizona won that game five four. So our playoff brackets were wrong. Uh, we did Dallas and uh, Colorado, Nashville and Chicago or Calgary. Obviously, it's a little bit different. Um, I would imagine our, our, play, our playoff brackets would have. The same with, uh, with Scott having Colorado winning against Nashville in five games. Uh, me having, if it, if it is different, speak up and we'll change it. Um, me having Colorado beat Nashville in four games, I think that's a brainer. I could be wrong. And I'll have Colorado beat Dallas. Or sorry, five games as well. Changes you want to make to that? Uh, any changes you guys want to make to your playoff bracket? I, uh, I, I'm being told by Scott that I'm having some internet issues, so I apologize for that. Uh, uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. If I was just mentioning that our playoff bracket was wrong because Nashville did lose to Arizona. So, guys yeah, not me. I, I, I don't think it, depend, it doesn't matter who Colorado or Calgary are playing, Dallas or Nashville, I have them winning the same amount of games. So I'm not, I'm not switching anything. I'm going to change my pick. Um, uh, Colorado and Nashville, I still think that's going to go five. Um, I think Nashville's going to be able to squeeze through with one. But uh, Calgary, I'm going to have Calgary winning that series against Dallas, and they're going to be winning that in, uh, in six. So the only changes that are being made is Kyle having Calgary beat Dallas in six games. Um, yeah, so are, that's... Are, are we putting these on Twitter for everybody to see? Yeah, uh, yeah, we will. I just wanted to wait till the next podcast so we could change it just so people weren't listening to our podcast and saying, like, what are these guys BSing about? Um, I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that Nashville did somehow lose that game to Arizona and so I will put these down on, or we will put these on on Twitter. Um, just, I know it's kind of one game early, but just based on the error that we had. Uh, we also have a playoff bracket challenge uh, through the NHL. Um, I did send it out on Twitter. Uh, Scott's in there. I don't know if Kyle's in there. Now we've got like eight to ten people, other people in there. So thanks for joining. If you want to join, join. You have to leave 
the fourth. I don't know when that is tomorrow. No, two days, from now. Yeah. two days from now. I think you have to the fourth to, uh, to get in no. and enter your brackets. No what day is today? Tuesday? Yeah, today's the second. Then, yeah, it's Thursday. So it's Thursday. Okay. Uh, so Thursday, May 4th, I believe you have. So if you can, go on to uh, Least Talk Forever Twitter and um, sign up. I mean, I don't exactly know the prizes. We're not, like, it, it's through the NHL, so we're not giving away anything for it. But, I mean, if you do win, maybe we could. just depends on uh, the donations that we're getting at that point. Um, in terms of this, I think that uh, we covered everything that we wanted to cover. Uh, Which I'm surprised we haven't even talked about this yet, but both Matthews and Marner finally showed up to a playoff game. I have a point. Especially after last year where Matthews had, what, one goal and then didn't do really much after that or before that, depending on when he scored. I don't remember the game. But And then going into this series, it was like Matthews and Marner are going to choke much like the Leafs every year in the playoffs, they're going to do it again. And then Matthews had two goals. Marner had a goal and whether one or two assists, whatever he had. So, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't mention that yet. Yes. Yeah, uh, weird that we didn't because usually we start every podcast talking about Austin Matthews. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, weirdly enough, uh, thank God that Mitch Marner showed up. Was that 18 games or something? Yeah, yeah. It's the Boston. It was against Boston, I think, when he scored that uh, that last goal. Was it a penalty shot or a breakaway? Oh yeah, yeah, somewhere then. Yeah, pretty memorable. Showing up. Thanks for silencing the haters because that's annoying to hear. I'm sure it's annoying for you to hear. Um, and also, your guys' take on on Matthew's game? I mean, he didn't really get started because like the 45 penalty minutes in the first period. Yeah, even though in the first period he still played well. Like, I think it was like halfway through or a little under halfway through the second, and they said he had only played nine minutes because of the power plays that Tampa was getting, especially that five-minute one. But, yeah, even with that limited ice time at that particular moment in the game, I thought he played. He was noticeable. He was in the play, in the action, shooting, passing, his takeaways, which he's known for. So, yeah. I thought he was playing well, and then he obviously scored the two goals, which kind of solidified his performance. Yeah, yeah, he had a solid, uh, a solid game. Even though, like you said, Scott, um, he didn't play, didn't play much in the first because of the penalties. But uh, the big moment was when I believe they started off with the second or third line, um, second or third, and then the third went or the second, um, but then the Matthews line came out and the second that line came out, the the crowd was already electric and it just got even louder in that place. I don't know if you guys, uh, you guys noticed that, but it was just, it was just crazy. So I couldn't even imagine how loud it was. Yeah. It's crazy. Reminds me of the blue Jays last year with, uh, with Vladdy. Oh, we should also mention not really Leafs related, but if you are a fan of the Leafs and the, and the Jays, Jays games will be starting earlier for the least games at home. So watch some Jays game. Uh, watch some of the Jays game before you start uh, watching the least playoff games. I also want to give a shout-out to William Nylander. Although he – I don't know if he had a point. He may have had an assist on the 
I don't know if he had a point, but and I know he didn't score. I don't know about assists, but like last year, he was our our best, not only like forward but player throughout the whole series, and like he played well this game, continuing that trend. Like I said, he didn't necessarily get it on the score sheet, but with a goal, but he still was very noticeable throughout the whole game. Yeah, yeah, that big block. Yeah, and he was like digging in the corners, and he was kind of using his body to shove the, the the defenseman around. Not around, but like like when they're in scrums in the corner digging for the puck, he was kind of using his body to shield them or or to nudge them along, which he hasn't really done much this year. So yeah, just c- continued his playoff performance of of stepping up when needed. Yeah, I think he's the type of guy that. Um, I mean, sometimes he 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 starts the game off with a bang, but I think he's the type of guy that, that needs a couple of shifts. To really get going, to feel those legs, to feel the puck, and again to the tempo. And you know, I, I saw some people say like, "Oh, where's Willie?" Blah 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 blah. But like, can't really blame the guy. He doesn't play on the penalty kill. Had power plays like in the first period, but for the first what seven of ten minutes, he was probably just sitting on the bench. That's, yeah. that's a little bit to get your legs going. And I mean, like Dude. Matthews is was too, but Matthews is the type of guy that probably doesn't even need the stretch, and he's already put three past it. Yeah. Didn't he have a breakaway in the first period? Yeah, that was what I was talking about. He, he had the block, and then, like, Camp or Ingball or something sent him on a breakaway. But then, yeah. um, that was the Sergeyev or or Jan Ruta, uh, Jan Ruta or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the when I, said, I thought it was going to be a penalty shot, just yeah. by how the ref reacted. And, I mean, also, he was past the defenseman, but but yeah, even like he similar to Matthews, like even though he had limited ice time in the first period, especially the first ten minutes, he was still noticeable. Like when he was on the ice, you knew he was on the ice because he was always involved in the play. Yeah, which is nice to see. Nice to see all these guys. Camp had a great game. Ingball, Mikheyev, Kasha, glad he's back. Uh, glad he's back. Sorry. Yeah, this reminded me of the uh, the what was it? The Washington game. Or. Was it the Washington game where we said, like, this is the first time I can remember where every player on the Leafs had, like, a good game? There wasn't really one thing you could point out where the players were like, yeah, you caused us this player. I, th- yeah. I think this this game was very similar to that, where everybody was in, whether it was physicality or goals or assists or defensive play, everybody was involved in, in helping them win. Yeah, even though not everyone put up points, like we said, even Nylander, he had a solid game, even though he put up four four shots on goal, a couple blocks. Um, it's it's not all about the numbers, right? It's the little things that uh, sometimes mean more than the, the actual numbers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I remember, I think it was TJ Brody. He had a big block. Uh, he just got right in front of it. There was one shift, actually, where I think it was the second period. Um where but where a bunch of guys just got in front of the puck and I was like holy cow like like for for one good block like okay but like it was like three blocks I want to say yeah and there was uh, the Tim- oh you go Scott there was the Tavares play where the one defenseman was kind of caught in a position but he kind of dropped down to block the pass and then kind of shoveled around on his knees to make sure they couldn't get it across. Yeah, yeah, like we said, good even point. though they didn't, they didn't score. Sorry, they didn't score. They didn't get an assist. They were still involved in helping the team win. I thought that was pretty that, cool. 
that play you just talked about was the one that Kucherov uh, cross-checked Brody after he got up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and got the penalty for it. They, they just released the timesheet for the penalty summary. 118 penalty minutes in total. Uh, some of the mo- more noticeable uh, ones because it was unclear on the broadcast what had happened. Um, so Corey Perry got an unsportsmanlike, uh, two roughing penalties and a game misconduct, uh, ten minute misconduct and a fighting uh, major. And Rudy got a fighting major, and Patrick Maroon got a ten minute misconduct but no fighting major. What? Meanwhile, he dummied he dummied uh, what's his face there, Morgan Riley. Um, and on Toronto's side, they had Morgan Riley have a five-minute major, which confused me because he was getting dummied by Patrick Maroon. Uh, a ten-minute misconduct. Labushkin had ten, uh, ten-minute misconduct and a two-minute roughing penalty. And Wayne Simmons had a ten-minute misconduct for literally nothing besides. Yeah, I mean, but... he was throwing some punches at Victor Hedman, but I mean, like his gloves were on. I think it was just because they figured that if he was still out there, and then a guy like Ross Colton was, you know stirring it up in front of the net and Wayne Simmons was on the ice. Uh, maybe it was just kind of like the stop what was happening, but or that they, they had already let him away from both Perry and Maroon. And then when he saw everything, then they went to commercial break, so we had to watch the replay. But when they came back from and showed the replay it looked like he kinda of blew past the ref to jump back in and join. So maybe they gave him misconduct just because he didn't really follow what they wanted him to do. And also then yeah, um Kyle Clifford had a 10-minute misconduct, too. So, I mean, his was a game misconduct. The other guys were just misconducts. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure of the rule book, but I know Clifford will get a, probably get a hearing. I'm not sure the other guys will. Definitely, they, they might. But, um, yeah, 118 penalty minutes to, to end the game, which is uh, kind of nuts. Also, yeah. big shout-out to Toronto's penalty kill. 0 for 5. Tampa went over five on the power play, and they had uh, to kill off a five-minute major, which they had more scoring chances on than Tampa Bay had basically all the power plays. Yeah. yeah the uh, whether it's Marner, Mikheyev, Cam, or Engvall out there, I think they have a just the pressure they can create. Whether it's Odd Man Rush or just keeping it in Tampa or the team they're playing zone, I mean, I think Toronto's penalty kill is underrated a little bit. It doesn't get talked about Earth as much as it should. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kerfoot, yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a penalty kill. Yeah, but that was, yeah, this game. He hasn't really, because he's been hurt. But I don't think I've, that I can remember anyway, that generates this many odd man rushes down a man. Like, they get, like, two or three a penalty. Yeah. And I, I'll just go out there and say, I, I didn't like the call on Kyle Clifford, obviously. We, we all kind of agreed on that. But thanks, Kyle Clifford, because... You got the crowd into it, but then you also, it's weird that it happened, but you gave us a five-minute penalty to kill off, and in that time, it basically sparked the Leafs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was the, uh, the the turning point in the game was Kyle Clifford getting game misconduct, and then literally shift after shift, we were like tur- uh, causing turnovers and breaking on two and ones. At one point, there was three and one. Good. I know that people are hating on Kyle Clifford, saying he's a bum. You guys were the same people two weeks ago that said he needs to be in the lineup, so just go back and read your own tweets. But uh, in reality, if it wasn't for him throwing that hit, the game and, and getting game's conduct and letting the penalty kill go out there, it could have been a completely different game. Tampa could have scored on the next possession, you know? like So 
kind of give him some kind of props because kind of although he didn't get games contact probably on purpose, still if it wasn't for that hit to try and turn the momentum. So he did his job really. Unfortunately, he'll probably have a hearing and maybe a suspension and a fine and all that jazz and be hated on by the fans. But in reality, if you think about it, good on him for doing his job. Not the best hit, but like those ones. I know we're just about to end here, Spencer, but uh, my apologies for interrupting. Um, Just a little scoreboard watching here. End of the second, St. Louis has got another one to make it 3-0. That's three nothing at the end of forty for Saints. Yeah, that's Mark in it. Not looking good for our uh, for our Minnesota. Um, looking good for me though. Yes, yeah, I'll pick St. Louis. Um, and then the other one was um, it's now three two, LA with fifteen minutes left in the second. So you could you could end up seeing a really high scoring uh, high scoring game there. I don't know. Uh, before I go to bed, I'm probably gonna put that on just to see how uh, how Connor's playing. But three yeah. two, and, and check out tomorrow too with Florida uh, and Colorado because they score a lot of goals. Um. Anyways, uh, I think that'll be a wrap on this one. You guys got any last minute things to add? Um. Just the quick mention that I'm surprised Corey Perry isn't hated as much as he should be amongst Leafs fans because this is two playoff series in a row. He's kind of getting involved last year with the 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 Tavares injury, and then this year now with the chasing Simmons around and trying to cause stuff on the ice. So yeah. I'm surprised more Leafs fans haven't come out publicly and and said like he like that that they don't like him because of what's happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, I am surprised by that, actually, because a lot of other fan bases don't like them for those reasons, such as uh, L.A. Um, also, just one last quick thing here before I wrap up. Uh, shout out to Sedano Chara. He's kind of going quietly, I think. He he did have a, um, a handshake, I believe it was with Tampa. Whoever the Islanders played in the last game of the season, I think it was with Tampa. They lined up, they shook his hand. He's a UFA at the end of the year. He's like almost 40. I know as a Leafs fan, he's caused some some emotional damage um, to us. Some, but funny, he had a good some funny damage, too. Like, I said some funny moments, too, like when he won Brian McCabe around like a ragdoll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't even close. But still, regardless of, of him being a, a Boston fan or an Ottawa fan, he had a good career. And if that's the end, good on you. Probably a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, yeah, uh, we'll wrap it up here and, uh, we'll be back with you now, uh, Thursday night, I believe, um, after the game two. Uh, so I'm not even going to mention donations. We mentioned it enough. If you want to, it's in our bio. Let's move on. Uh, merch, merch is on the website at inside the rink. Also, there's an app. Go on the app store. Play Store, whatever you use for your phone, wherever you are in the world, type in Inside the Rink and it should be there. Subscribe. We've noticed that our subscribers are going up. Download, comment, write a review, tweet at us. We're thinking about getting uh, other interactions with the fans, so throw some ideas out there. Uh, While you're at it, obviously, follow our social media. And lastly, um, 
And let's get a Go Leafs Go Chan in, in the in the next thread here. Oh, and actually before that, um, we did put on a poll. I have the results here just before we close this off. Uh, we put on a poll asking how the Leafs fans were feeling. 60% of the voters said nervous as heck. 40% said excited, let's do this. We will be putting on a poll before game two, so be looking for that because you shouldn't be nervous as heck right now. You should be excited. Let's get game two going. Um, go Leafs go. Let's get in the, the chat or um, the comment section on our next tweet when we tweet on this podcast. Uh, have a good night. Stay safe. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with you Thursday. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. Go Leafs go.